not so complicated When moments meet as one Are you ready to part the veil And write a new beginning to this tale Rise it up I see creation from the sky I'm learning to fly Rise it up I see creation from Greetings one and all and welcome to the Spirit Side. I'm your host Paul James Caden and this week on the show we are going to be talking about we shall be like the angels of heaven. And you know in this show I want to do some ponderings about the afterlife because we especially here in the west our religious training is such that we have certain preconceived ideas and have had these ideas for years, for centuries. And we just really seem to be blind to a lot of the other beliefs about the afterlife, what we call heaven. Even those beliefs about the afterlife in the early Christian communities. And I think this is why we have so many religious people, again, particularly in the West. I mean, there are those in every culture across the world who, when you mention paranormal investigations or the subject of ghosts or spirits who are here, on the earth plane and what reason are they here for? You'll have a lot of people will have that knee jerk reaction of fear. They'll say, Oh, I don't, I don't believe that. That's not what the Bible teaches. Or they'll have the knee jerk reaction and say, Nope, Nope. The dead don't come back. The Bible forbids us to speak with the spirits of the dead. Those are all demonic entities. And I think by having these preconceived notions about the afterlife, about what happens after death, we really rob ourselves of a lot of knowledge, a lot of peace, and even a lot of joy to know that our loved ones are not dead and gone. They're not ceasing to exist and neither are they in some far-off heavenly realm forbidden to have any interaction with us whatsoever because this is sinful and this is against God's law. So I want to start this conversation out by stating that the early Christian communities believed in much different things about life after death. The early Christian communities 
used to go to local cemeteries or tombs where they would ask holy men and women or the grave sites of saints to pray for them, to pray for them in heaven, to make intercession for them in heaven to help them through struggles they were having on earth. Now, this was before the inception of the Roman Catholic Church. So individuals who think that the Roman Church came up with this idea of praying to the saints or seeking the prayers and the intercessions of those who have gone on before us uh, are gravely mistaken. This is a practice in early Christianity that existed before the Roman Church came to be. It was not unheard of for early Christians to ask even their loved ones for help and prayer on the other side. Their mothers, their fathers, whomever they were close to, whomever it was they took comfort in here in their earthly life when that person passed away, they would say, Mother, help me. Mother, pray for me. Mother, send Jesus. Send angels. Now, the difference here is in the Roman church, there's this idea of veneration of the saints. And there, there's nothing wrong with, with venerating a very holy person or a saint. But over the years, it really kind of evolved into, because of the way it's presented through the Roman church, it kind of did become a form of worship for many Catholic parishioners. But this is not what the early church believed in. This is not what they did. Their basic idea was that this particular saint, this particular holy person, my loved one is now in heaven, closer to God, closer to Christ. Perhaps they can be of greater assistance to me by seeking help, prayer in the heavenly realm for me here on the earth. And it's not unheard of in early Christian history that you would hear people talk about these spiritual or heavenly visitations, seeing not only Christ or angels or saints, but also their loved ones who would appear to them in dreams or appear to them uh, maybe in their bedroom at night or while they were at church or maybe they were, while they were out for a walk in the countryside, that a loved one who had passed away would appear to them, give them a message, and then vanish. And this was completely natural to the early Christian communities because they believed in life after death and they certainly believed in the interaction between those of us still here on earth and those who were in heaven, whether it be Jesus, whether it be Mary, whether it be one of the apostles or one of the other saints or a loved one or a family member. It was actually considered a blessing or a miracle if someone had one of these 
heavenly visitations in their lives. They looked at it as an answer to prayer. They didn't look at it as something that was scary or perhaps it was a demon or the devil masquerading as an angel of light as, you know, many uh, evangelical and fundamentalist Christians like to say these days, you know, everything, even if it's good, uh, they'll say, well, this was uh, the devil masquerading as an angel of light. So they, they take all of the, the peace and the joy out of these experiences and relegate it all to just darkness and evil. Now, certainly when you're dealing with the spiritual realm, whether you're encountering an angel or something or someone else, certainly, as the Bible instructs us, we have to test the spirits. We know them by their fruits, and we just don't believe anything and everything that a spiritual being may hand to us. The information can be flawed. It can be deceptive. But now we're talking about visitations from heaven where a message came in answer to a prayer, giving comfort or direction or assuring the person on earth that everything was going to be all right. And it was. This was considered a true heavenly visitation, a blessing, and a miracle. And as I've talked about in previous podcasts, the early Christian communities also believed that souls could walk the earth after death for a variety of reasons. Usually this was uh, like a purgatory or uh, a punishment for a life not lived very well. The wandering spirits were the spirits who were in waiting. Would they eventually progress to heaven or would they eventually go to the other place? And then there was the idea, of course, that delved a bit more into superstition that some wicked and evil people, while their souls were doomed and damned to walk the earth for all eternity. Well, that's kind of an impossibility because the earth, as we know it now, isn't going to be here for all of eternity. So something has to happen to those souls at that particular time. They're not going to be wandering around, uh, you know, in what the Bible calls the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, so I'm more akin to believe that uh, it would be like the purgatory where the soul is waiting to go to either heaven or hell, deciding on what they do next, what they decide next on their journey in the, uh, the afterlife. So my question here is, did the early Christian communities know something we didn't? Was there a knowledge and a wisdom and an insight there that has been lost to us over the centuries? Because let's face it, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church came into being, and, and to their credit, the Catholic and the Orthodox churches do maintain 
some of the older traditions of Christianity. But you'll hear a lot of Protestants, you know, and, and this, this is where, uh, again, we get really lost in the weeds. They'll say, oh, those Catholics aren't even Christian because they pray to saints. You know, they believe in Mary. They believe in, you know, purgatory. Well, these were actually very early Christian beliefs that the Catholic Church kind of made a bit different or obscure or weird in their own doctrines when they decided they wanted to define Christianity for everyone. And so some of those traditions that the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church churches have preserved uh, got a little perverted with this uh, defining of what it really meant. But the acorn of those early beliefs is is still certainly there. So it, it, again, it's not an alien thing to, uh, you know, for Christians to pray to those who have passed on. I would venture to say that it is we who have taken the journey through uh, Protestant Christianity uh, are the ones who are quite ignorant because there is so much of Christian history and tradition that has been wiped away, uh, edited out, and not taught in the Protestant churches, and we have no clue that it even existed. So when we hear of it now, we say, well, that's pagan, that's of the devil, that's, that's wrong, that's not even Christianity. Well, actually, no. Uh, by and large, Protestantism is probably one of the most furthest departures from early Christianity that there is including reading the Bible as the literal word of God. Literalism is, and I've talked about this before as well, is, is probably only 100 years old or less. It's not very old. The early Christians read the Bible more, um, I guess you could say, metaphysically, mystically, and allegorically. You know, they, they took the, the spiritual essence and truth of the stories in the Bible. They didn't take every little jot and tittle and say, oh, it has to be as it's written, period, literally. Uh, we make a grave mistake with that, and I think that's where Protestantism getting into literalism throws a lot of uh, the baby out with the bathwater, and, you know, we're completely clueless to so many things that it's, it's almost shameful as I, you know, I hate to say it that way, but it, it, it really, really is. And so when it comes to the subject of the afterlife, um, it, you know, we're, we're just as lost on that subject as well. And, uh, sorry about the, uh, the, uh, bell going off there. I forgot to, um, put my phone on do not disturb when I started recording. And of course, everybody wants to message as soon as you hit the record button. But uh, at any rate, um, yeah, we're, we're just as lost in Protestantism, Western Protestantism, you know, as any other subject. There, there, there's so much that we don't know, so much that we're ignorant of. We have this idea of what 
heaven is, what angels are. And so let's talk about this for a minute. We shall be like the angels in heaven. You know, we have this idea that angels are these winged beings with the halo over their head. You know, and, and these were, you know, early artist renditions of angels showing, you know, the wings. They were, they had the power of flight. They were heavenly. They came from the skies. And, of course, the halo showed their holiness, um, that they were from heaven. They were uh, beings who were close to God. And, you know, we do have accounts of people that have seen angels. Some they look, look like a regular man or a woman. Sometimes they're uh, a being of, of just pure light. Other times we hear uh, individuals that have the vision or the visitation where there is uh, the wings in some capacity. So, you know, are the, is this the way angels really look or is this just the way they appear to us because that's the way we expect them to look and we recognize them by that particular appearance? Either way, we, we have this idea of, you know, the angel with the wings and the halo or the little cherubim, you know, playing the harps and the little, you know, ukulele type, uh, you know, instruments up in the clouds and when a, somebody dies and they go to heaven, uh, they just kind of lounge around and worship God and hang out under their own, you know, their own fig tree, you know, and they have a mansion in the sky. And, you know, they don't really have any interaction with any of us here on earth, nor do they care. They're, they're in heavenly bliss. And so we're, you know we're not even really something that crosses their mind. They don't know what's going on with us and they don't really seem to care. Now that doesn't seem much like a place that would be created by an all wise, all knowing, intelligent, loving God. I agree with the early Christian communities that we're all connected. We're all still connected. Now, I want to read you something from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 22, verse 30. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. So let's think about that verse for a minute. They shall be like the angels of heaven. So we, we have this preconceived notion, all right, after the resurrection, we shall be like the angels in heaven. We hear people say, you know, when someone dies, well, they're an angel now. You know, they're like the angels. They're with the angels. But again, we're... We're very blind to what that's saying to us because of that artistic depictions of angels in the past. 
you know, oh, they're just heavenly beings now. They're floating around, you know, the throne room of God and praising and worshiping and playing harps on the clouds. And they're not really worried about anything going on, you know, in the rest of the universe or on earth or what's going on with their loved ones who still might be here on the earth plane. But let me explain it this way when it comes to the afterlife. When it says after the resurrection, and this is something, again, that's uh, a bit lost to us here in modern day Christianity, that in the early Christian communities, there, there were different ideas of what the resurrection of the dead was. Some believed that when you died and your soul left your body and went into heaven, you, you got a heavenly body. The Apostle Paul talks about in his letters, we have an earthly body and we have a heavenly body, a temple, you know, not prepared by human hands. And scholars through the years have said, you know, before the actual resurrection of the dead, we get some kind of heavenly body that we indwell while we occupy in the heavenly realm before the end of time. So there were those who believe we occupied that heavenly body, what, whatever that might be, and that was the resurrection. There would be no resurrection of the physical body that's in the ground because what's the point? But then there were those who believed we would occupy that heavenly body for uh, a certain matter of time until the end of time and the resurrection of the dead, and then those souls would come back and be rejoined with their earthly body that's in the grave, and it would become uh, an immortal body like that of Jesus. So there were a couple different schools of thought on what the resurrection actually was. But no matter which way you slice it, the early Christians believe when we die, we go to heaven, we occupy this heavenly body, this temple not made with human hands, meaning it is not a physical body, it is a spiritual body that Paul talked about in his, uh, his letters. And we are like the angels. So now let's talk about the angels. How are we like the angels? Well, when we say the word angel, automatically we think of the winged being with the halo and the robe and, you know, they're, they're very beautiful and holy and, you know, all that sort of thing. But the word angel in the Hebrew and in the Greek translates to messenger. So let's look at that verse by saying it this way. After the resurrection, they shall neither marry or be given in marriage, for they will be like the messengers. Now think about this for a moment. As we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, early Christians talked about having heavenly visitations, whether it be a saint, 
a loved one, an angel. Sometimes that angel looked like a regular person. Sometimes it had wings. Sometimes it was just a being of, of, you know, beautiful, heavenly, radiant light. And if we fast forward from those early Christian times all the way up to now, we still have those accounts. And we also have accounts of people, and, and these accounts have always been around, people who have been rescued or saved by an angel. We hear about the person who is in a you know massive car accident. Uh, they thought they were going to die. This mysterious person appears, you know, gets them out of the car, you know, just before the car bursts into flames and tells them everything is going to be all right. Then the paramedics and the police are there and they say, no, no such person was ever there. Where was that woman? Where's that man that pulled me out of the car and told me everything would be all right? They saved my life. The car burst into the flames just as they pulled me out. No, we, uh, there was no one here like that. The person who called 911 on their cell phone who saw the accident was the only one here and they didn't come near the car. They just called the paramedics. There was no one else here. So who are these strange men and women who come out of nowhere, save lives, give inspirational messages, even get cars started that are stranded in blizzards, all, all kind of different things that they do. Who are they? Many people will say, well, they're an angel. That was an angel who helped me, who rescued me, who brought me that message of hope or whatever it is they did. But now if we translate that word, who was that mysterious person? Oh, they were a messenger. How do we know as finite human beings here on planet Earth who think we all have it all figured out through our religious doctrines, and for most of those we are making God in man's image rather than, you know, the opposite way around, man-made in God's image. You know, we, we make God, we make heaven, we make the afterlife, we, we make it fit our narrative. We believe the truth. We have the truth. We believe we're God's chosen church. We're God's chosen people. So he must think what we think and believe what we believe and hate who we hate and all that, you know, sort of thing. But there's so much we have backwards. One of which is if we look at all of these accounts, the mysterious man, the mysterious woman, the mysterious helper, who was that? Oh, it was an angel or it was a messenger. How do we know that messenger was an, a heavenly angel from heaven or a fellow human being who has passed away and gone into the afterlife and now they are like the messengers of heaven? We're still all connected. Angels help us fellow human beings who are now 
occupying the spiritual body who are like the angels of heaven, who are like the messengers of heaven. They come on assignments and they help us. Because this is what they do. This is how God designed it. This is how we're still all connected. They still pray for us. They still interact with us. They still help us. I feel that the early Christians had much more of a realistic view of the afterlife, a more honest view of the afterlife. And they had a better understanding of how it works because they had these encounters too. And according to their beliefs, these were miracles, these were blessings. Because as far back as we can look, we can find that rescue of the mysterious stranger, the mysterious man, the mysterious woman. And sometimes that heavenly helper is not so mysterious. They're a loved one that we know. I remember in one of the books I read by Dr. Raymond Moody, who wrote Life After Life, he wrote of an account of a man who was in a car accident and uh, his car went over an embankment and he was thrown from the car. And he actually landed down the embankment before the car started to roll. And the man saw the car rolling down the bank, coming toward him, and decided, you know, in a panic, you know, you know, he was obviously still okay. You know, he didn't have any broken bones or any major injuries that he needed to roll out of the way and, and, and get out of the way of the car that was now tumbling down the hillside and about to crush him. And he said, suddenly he looked up and he saw his father standing there and his father put out his hand as if to say, stop, don't move. And the man just froze, just, you know, probably mostly just out of shock of seeing his father who was, had been deceased for a number of years now standing there. And just as that moment happened, the car tumbling down the hill kind of jumped and landed right where the man would have rolled had he tried to get out of the way of the car that he thought was going to land on him. So in this case, the man's own father, someone he knew, was the helper, the angel, the messenger. And we can find accounts like this all throughout history. And so do I think when we leave this earth, we are all still connected in some way? I absolutely do. And I think this is why we can do these paranormal investigations and we can turn things on like the spirit box and get those myriad of voices, some that will say, God bless you, I love you, you're doing a wonderful job, and others that will curse you. Because there are good souls, angels looking to help those who are still here and maybe those who are here in spirit wandering around who haven't made their tra uh, transition yet. 
There's some realization they need to make, some repentance they need to do, something they need to change in their own consciousness before they're allowed to have entrance into heaven. Whatever the case may be, those souls where this earth right now is kind of a purgatory, maybe those good souls are here to help them as well. And as I, as I understand it, they are. But some of those souls that are in kind of the purgatory state, some of them seek those souls. Some of them seem to seek those souls when you instruct them to, the good souls who are there to help. And some of them will refuse. I don't want to go near them. Screw them, screw you. So apparently we can still be very stubborn, very hateful. And very opinionated even after death. And all of those things may get us a wonderful one-way ticket to roam around Earth, uh, not knowing what our destination is. Some people trying to go home, but home is no longer there. Families moved on, families passed on, moved on in spirit. See, I believe we're all still connected. I'd, I don't feel this idea that we've come up with that once we die, the angels snatch us and take us to heaven or hell. Cut and dry. I think there's so much more to it than that. And I think the early Christians had a much better understanding of how the afterlife is likely to work. None of us know it all. None of us know for certain because we haven't been there. We haven't died. We haven't had a near-death experience. But if we do enough research and investigation, there seems to be a clearer picture that forms, and this seems to be what the clearer picture is pointing to. And I believe it's certainly pointing to that after death, that we shall be like the angels. We shall be like the messengers of heaven. And our work isn't done. We'll help those here on earth who are here in the flesh and who may be wandering around here in spirit. And I'm sure there are uh, a vast array of other heavenly assignments that one uh, will be able to go on because I don't think we sit around under the fig tree living in our castle or mansion in the heavens, you know, trudging up to the temple of God and worshiping and praising and then going home to our mansion and saying, gee, isn't it wonderful? What about your loved ones on earth? Uh, what about them? You know, I, I don't, uh, <laughs> I really, I really don't think uh, that's the case. I think this is all intertwined and works together at a very sophisticated, intricate level that uh, we couldn't possibly understand from this finite perspective. So with that being said, what do you think? Leave a comment below, send me an email, nocturnal magic, that's all one word, like a nocturnal animal, nocturnal magic with just a C, at gmail.com. I'll leave my uh, email in the, the uh, podcast description. Uh, sound off.
you know, let me know on Facebook, leave a comment below wherever you're listening to the podcast, send me an email, let me know what you think, if this makes sense to you, or if you agree with the, the more Protestant tradition that we die, we go to heaven or hell, and that's it. I appreciate everyone who listens. And until the next time, stay in love, stay in the light, and I'll see you next time here on the Spirit Side Journey Towards the Light.